0: Amen. In the book of Psalms, chapter 92, verse 1, it says, it is a good thing, or it is good to give thanks. It is good, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High God. That's what the KJV version says. It's a good thing to give thanks. The psalmist understood this. And he knows that you don't give to God something that doesn't cost you anything. One time he went to get a piece of property for the Lord and the man said, you're the king, I'm just going to give it to you. He said, no, no, no. Tell me what it costs because I will never give to God something that doesn't cost me anything. How many of you know giving thanks? It's not just merely the saying of words, but it comes from a place where it cost you something. you all ain't saying nothing to me today. And the Bible says that when you enter into the presence of the Lord, that there is a way in which you enter into it. A lot of people come to church, but they're not in the presence of God. People think once they walk in church, they're in the presence of God. You could be around the presence of God, but not in it. Hallelujah. For there is a way in which the Bible tells you that you can enter into the presence of God. And it says, enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Thanks, giving thanks. Let's, let's, let's do some rap skills here thanksgiving flip it backwards and to his presence with giving of something and for you to really understand that there's another verse in the bible that says this and we often use it to you know kind of self-center the gospel around us your gifts will make room for you and bring you before great men and a lot of us we yeah, see so you blow up and you, 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 your gifts will make room. You, you, we Somehow we equate that to money. But the true meaning of that scripture can be found when you, when you begin to research how people came before kings. Or when they wanted an audience with a general or somebody of great stature. They wanted to sit in the room to have a conversation. They just couldn't come empty handed. And the level of the gift would determine the amount of audience you get. So you never came before a king empty handed. Come on somebody. And the Bible says when you come before the king the truth is there's not a thing that you can give to him that can impress him not your status not your degrees not your cars not your house not anything you've ever attained because anything you've ever attained when you begin to examine it you only got it because of him so the only thing you can really give to him is thanks and the more grateful you are is the more you get an audience with god people who don't got gratitude You probably don't have a relationship with God. There was a woman in the Bible... Who came at a banquet where Jesus was. The man who invited him to the banquet. Did not give him any water to wash his feet. Did not greet him with a kiss as it was in the custom. Did not even do any of the normal things. But there came a woman who broke into the middle of it. And washed his feet with her hair. With her tears. And did not leave his side. And they were sitting over there. Does he even know what type of woman he she is? And, and they're going on carrying on about this woman. And Jesus broke the whole thing up and said, the reason why she is doing this, because when I entered, you did nothing for me. You, you like the presence of me being present, but you don't like me. You you like when I'm around, but you don't really like me. You like the look of me. You like the look of me being present because it adds to your guest list. Look, Jesus is on the guest list. We've even got Jesus, but that ain't what I'm here for. This woman, on the other hand, she understands who I was. Because the Bible says she was forgiven of much. And when you're forgiven of much, you love different. The problem is they didn't realize what God had did for them. But she did. I wonder if there's anybody in the house today. Who knows what God brought you out of? If it had not been for God, where would you have been today? Come on, that ain't a cliche question. But I really want you to think about that. If it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for the word of God, where would you have been today? He's a keeper so when you enter into the presence of the lord the lord says come with thanksgiving you see the thing is for the believer we got a god who is always working for us now that does not mean that we won't have trials and too often i grew up in the time you know i grew up in so many eras of church you know i grew up in the era the 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 charismatic movement where everything was a devil or a demon. I also grew up in the word of faith movement where everything was confessed, it, name it, blab it, grab it. You used to go to people and people be like, yo, you want to go to McDonald's? We're like, man, kind of broke up. Like, don't confess that. And you're like, well, I, I currently, pockets are, because I don't know how to tell you I don't have money currently. Don't confess it, you didn't know how to talk. You go around people, you tired, that's a lazy demon. I'm just tired, bro. It's not a lazy spirit. I, I actually did a lot of work today. The body's only capable. Don't confess that. So when you put them together, it's all crazy. Amen. And so there's elements of all of it that, you know, we still believe and hold fast to. In other words, there's always balance. There's balance, right? And so... I grew up in a time where you could have easily think that the believer don't have challenges. But the truth is we're living in a fallen world and to expect not to have challenges in life is not good thinking. This body is wasting away. You will be challenged physically. there are going to be times when we can't control economies where things happen and it affects our bottom line our pockets the way we live our quality of life everything about life constantly is shifting and changing and with a world with billions of people and governments and all that is happening in the world as things are playing out they are constantly shifting and moving and it affects your life in tremendous ways and so the believer always has challenge and it is true even from the day men were created and men fell men had a, 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 an enemy in the garden who wanted to deceive them to turn against God and 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 then when they had kids there was murder that was between the sons and then governments were forming there was always challenge and then we get the bible characters like Abraham who had his own challenges and he was a man of faith who had to at one time the bible says take his son up on a hill And sacrifice his son. And if you just read Genesis alone, no matter how much you try to make it make sense, it don't make sense that you would kill a son. But then when you get to Hebrews, the apostle reveals that he believed that if he was going to kill this son, God was able to raise him back to life. And that that was not a picture of no Abraham and Isaac. That was a picture of the father and Jesus, the son y'all ain't say nothing to me hallelujah and then when you get to people like joseph and all of them in the bible you see the challenges they have and to have your own brothers turn against you and for you to go through all he's been through and and you fast forward and you get to people like daniel who's serving the lord in a strange land hallelujah and, and, and God's people had challenges because even when I say that word, strange land, I'm re- reminded of a, of a scripture that says when they, when they came to them and they were by the rivers of Babylon, the people that had them in exile said, you guys who are slaves now, why don't you sing us one of those songs? And they said the, the, by the rivers of Babylon where we wept and hung our harps because they said, how can we sing the Lord's song? In a strange The children of God is always coming up against some type of battle. But I want you to know that God has not left us weaponless. Neither did he say when you, when you, when you come up against these trials not to fight back. The problem is some of us just don't know how to fight. And today what I want to talk to you about. Is the art of war I want to teach you how to fight today hallelujah in the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse number 12 is a story there about a king his name is Jehoshaphat who and he had a problem because he didn't have one enemy He had a bunch of enemies that got together to decide to be a big enemy. How many of you know, sometimes you can live life, and you're trying to deal with one problem, and while you're dealing with this problem, you look over here, and another problem arises. And another one. And it's almost like DJ Khaled is running the problems. Because all you hear is, get off the internet I mean you were trying to fix singleness then you got married I'll come out of that I'll leave that alone I mean you trying to make ends meet and when you finally seeing your way out of debt here comes something else or you work so hard to get where you get in life and then you get a call from the doctor or or you what you dreamed of building this family and then the person that you built the family with look at you in the face and say I don't want to be with you anymore and you say what (laughs) what'd you say That's how you fix marriage. That was a joke. The thing about life is that the enemies that are fighting for your mind to make you turn against God. They don't give you a break. Because the battle is for your mind. And if you're not careful, you can fight with the wrong weapons. You can fight and run to alcohol. Because this is a coping mechanism. This helps me in the battle. And what started off as just, hey, a drink every now and then now becomes another battle. Now this becomes a weapon. That's why people say, you know, Pastor, we, we take, people say, what's your perspective on drinking? Tell him, if you don't give the devil an option, he won't be able to open up that floodgate. We just keep a little, you know, we take a little for the stomach's sake. The enemy just need that one moment of depression. And what becomes for the stomach's sake becomes for the mind's sake. And what becomes for the mind's sake becomes normalcy in your life. And that's how he works. And if you're not careful, you could fight with other weapons. Some men are frustrated. Women are frustrated and they turn to other mechanisms to fulfill the joy that they're lacking in their marriage because what you fail to realize is that marriage is not the thing that brings you ultimate joy. It is Jesus. I say this over and over again. I couldn't make myself happy. How in the world? Am I going to expect another person to do it you don't make me happy anymore what I'm saying is you don't fit the box I need you to fit because you're a whole person and I'm starting to realize that And you don't fit and do what I want you to do how I want you to do it when I want them be everything I need you to be you don't make me happy anymore They never made you happy. Joy comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so so what I'm saying to you is, if you're not careful, you can turn to things. And even in a marriage, you can, you're there at the job and while having coffee. Susie comes and says, would you like me to get you some coffee, Rich? Rich. The blood of Jesus, Susie. Get your hands off me, Satan. And Susie makes you feel young again. Susie makes you stop feeling young, you old, go home. Feel old real quick. Susie come around, hey, you wanna go to the gym with me? No, I exercise in the crib. I watch you too. That's how I exercise, Susie. If anybody, your name is Susie, I ain't talking about you, all right? But if you're not careful, you can start to fight your battle and what you think you actually win in your battle. You know how many people come to me and say, you know, I just reached a stage in my life where all about me. You see all these stupid memes on the internet. It's got to be me time. There's never going to be such a thing as me time in this world. This world moves too fast. And the ones who win is the one who's able to take it as it comes and remain strong in the Lord. Right here. What, what we mean by me time is I'm going to be absolutely selfish now and cut everybody off that's connected to me. You got to start focusing on you now. When is that ever going to happen? And tell me how that works out. Because when you start focusing on you, you be like, what do we focus on? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Keep your eyes on the Lord. And so the enemies of this king got together. And they are coming to kill him. And take over the children of God. And this man as a leader shows leaders and men what they ought to do when they're in trouble. He turned to God in prayer. If you don't know how to fix a thing, turn to God in prayer. That's one thing I learned from my father. Whenever my father came up against a problem, he would pray like a madman. I see my father come up against some things and and he couldn't deal with it. And instantly be like, you know what? Father God, I (laughs) praise you in the name of Jesus. And he would go into prayer. And let me tell you something. When you don't have the answers, that's okay. But you know who have the answer. And what will cause you to fail is when you know where the answers lie and you never go. That's like a child who knows dad could fix it, but they're trying to. I remember when I was a kid, I was playing on something in 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 the in the country. I was born in and I fell and I cut my whole entire leg, gashed it. And instead i this was my thinking i said if i tell my parents they're gonna be mad at me so i took socks off and tied that thing up today i still got a big scar there when my son sees it he said how'd you get that and i tell him the story and i tell him with this twist i say and if anything ever happens to you don't do what dad did because i could that could have been infected and i could have died my mother probably don't this is probably the first time she's probably even hearing about this this day amen But, uh, uh, but the point is I could have died because my thinking was don't go to the source who could help me as a father I want my kids to run to me when they're in trouble and your father in heaven wants you to run to him when you're in trouble prayer is the believer's way that when we don't know how to get through what we're going through we know where to go and so we pick up the part of his prayer here. And I'm almost done. <laughs> Our God, you will, you, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. That's some real prayer. Amen we do not know what to do but our eyes are on you and this is a point i want to make today is it's probably my second point but i'm gonna put it as my first one trust is not blind trust is actually keeping your eyes on god i'm gonna say that again so you get that trust is not blind trust is actually putting your eyes in a different place so sometimes life is so dark and you don't see what's ahead and that's okay but now it's time to look to what god has to say and look at what he says he says that will you not judge them will you not Uh, 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 Help us against this vast army attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. In other words, faith sometimes is blind. But you need to take your eyes and put it on the one whose eyes can actually see what's behind everything that's coming up against you. And you see different. Amen. Amen. And he begins to say, uh, 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 when we read on, he said, All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. And then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, the Levite, the descendant of Asaph. And he stood up. And the spirit of God comes upon you. Thank God that his spirit still falls on people. And the spirit of God fall on Jehaziel. And he stood up in the middle of all the fear and all the torment. And he began to speak. He said, listen King Jehoshaphat. And all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours, but it is the... And the Spirit of God fell on Jehaziel. I could imagine them weeping. I could imagine mothers saying, This is where you brought us to to kill us. I could imagine people not knowing. Men of, who are, are, are well equipped to fight, are ready to fight all weak As they hear an army is coming. But God stepped in Jehaziel. And he stepped up and he said, Don't be afraid don't be discouraged that's what we need in 2022 we need men and women who the spirit of god will fall on and in all of the fear mongering all of the torment they will say do not be afraid for the battle is not yours it's the lord's oh that men would do that in their family when the enemy comes in like a flood in your house, you grab your wife's hand. Even if you and her are fighting, you say, and when you grab her hand and she slap you, you say, it's okay, I'll fight over here. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord. And everything the enemy is trying, we will win. Oh, oh I don't got no faith in this house. Hallelujah, the people of God, hallelujah. Let me let you know, we ain't never going to lose, hallelujah. This man stood up in the congregation and said, the battle is the Lord's. He said, tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. What are you doing there, bro? You will, not have to f- you will not have to fight this battle. Can you imagine what they're thinking? I won't have to fight the battle. But you're asking me to march, too. Now, we got hindsight of the scriptures, so we can shout, and we know the story, and we're ready to shout. But I want you to put yourself in that position. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Yay, yelled. yes, the Lord is going to smash them. But get up and march to the battle. Whoa. Okay, so we're going to go fight together. All right. So I could imagine the men of valor strapping up, right? All the men in the men's meeting, we're getting ready, brother. He' going to come with his big self. And he got Brother Barack with him. I put them on the front line. I in the back, like I got y'all back. We strapping up, armors on, geared up, ready to fight, helmet on, whatever the shield on, and all of that. And now we ready to grab our weapons, and we got swords, man. We we ready to fight. We ready to march. And look at this. He says, you will have not to fight. Take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. And then some of the Levites Uh, 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 from the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord the God of Israel with a very loud voice there's a lot of worshiping going on here early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa and as they set out Jehoshaphat stood up and said listen to me your God uh, Judah and people of Jerusalem have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld have faith in his prophets and you will be successful after consulting the people Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord to the praise for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army wait a minute these men are strapped up they are ready to fight and Jehoshaphat comes the next day and takes the sword out of their hands puts drumsticks in their hands (laughs) and says this is how we gonna fight start to sing what do you mean what do you mean this is war and they started to worship Notice it said he put the men to sing. Have you ever heard men sing? You know, usually women got the nice. Y'all remember earlier when I said men make noise? It's something about when men begin to sing. And I, I, I just can't imagine they worship weak. I, I got to imagine that this singing, it, it kind of reminds me when the Marines are marching and they start saying their chants. Have you ever been around and see a, 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 a troop of people marching and singing that stuff? That stuff make you, make you want to join. Make you feel like you're weak, like, hold on. Hoorah! And the Lord took the weapons that they think they need to fight with and said, no, we fight different. And he gave them something else. Here's the point, y'all. If he takes away the way you know how to fight, you begin to feel like you have an inability. But what you have to realize is that, here's a point, your inability is God's ability. Amen. And so when he takes away the way you, you know how to cuss people out. That works sometimes. Come on, you saw success a few times. But around the third time, somebody was better than you at doing it. And you lost. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. You know how to fight your battles. Your, when you broke, you you know who to you know where to go to get a little money. Come on. You know y'all gonna say nothing. You know where you know when you when it itch, you know where the scratches. And so, when God takes away and says, I don't want you to to depend on nothing but me. It's actually ability coming now, but it actually feels like inability. But listen to this, y'all. To know him is to love him. To love him is to trust him. And to trust him is to obey him what god doesn't call you to do is figure out what he's doing he calls you to trust him so i want to do a little flipping it backwards let's let's do a little rap thing here to obey him is to trust him to trust him is to love him and to love him is to so if you are ever going to do what god says you first must know god You don't get to obedience without relationship. I don't care who you are, but ain't nobody could tell me what to do if I don't have a level of knowledge who they are. To know brings an action. If if you tell me, if, if the owner of the bank says, hey man, go out and park the car and I'll give you a loan for $600, I'm doing it. Cause I know who he is. If you walk in and say, yo, go park my car, you I'd be like, bro, you you look, come on man. Come on, I know you. You you needed six dollars last week. And a lot of people don't obey because I gotta I gotta wonder if they know who they're dealing with yet. so so when the preacher preaches and says god is able it don't resonate with everybody because everybody don't know him yet but there are few people in this room that do know him as a healer when you check his track record he restored he brought you out oh who am i talking to in this house who am i speaking to in this house god has done it before you've seen this mountain before and he's brought you over so after a while you start to understand oh uh, they said how could you be so happy now it's not that i don't have a problem it's that i know him and i'm gonna keep doing how could you do right because if you knew him like i knew him you would obey him And a lot of people want to see obedience but they don't know him and too many times we get frustrated because we're trying to we're trying to achieve obedience without knowledge. doesn't work like that. Amen? Amen. And, he's, and, and so, so he tells them, go out, trust me, and just sing. And they go out and they sing. This here, listen to this, y'all. God's people win before they go to war. You know when they won this battle? From the minute he said the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. The rest of it is just sparring. So what am I saying to you? If God says he's got victory for you, but you still got to live out the process, just live it out. When you when you go to the doctor's office, I'm here for a checkup, but I already know God is with me. Y'all ain't saying what I'm saying. I, I already know God is with me. I already know he's with me. I already know because he already told me the battle is not mine. It's his. And So there. God's people, we win first and then we go to war. And so they already won the battle and they're going to war. And what they're doing now is obedience. And they begin to sing and worship the Lord, their God. And I can imagine when they sung, when men's voices begun to blend together. And they're singing and they're singing. And maybe they're singing an old school song. Nothing against the new school ones. But maybe they, they pulled up another one. What a mighty God we serve. And they began to sing together. What a mighty God we serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His people bow before Hey, heaven and earth. And these are army men. So you know they, you ever seen them? They start, hey, hey, what a mighty we singing and as they begun to sing that God begun to do something he caused a little praise to sound crazy that's why When the pastor tells you to worship God and you sit there and you think, what is my little worship going to do? Nothing. It's what he's going to do when you release your little worship. He's able to take it. And what? Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is how we fight, y'all. And here's the thing. As they begun to worship and their voices went up, the Lord God begun to. Look at this. Look at this. It's written right there in 22. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Then the Ammonites and Moabites rose up again the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped them to destroy one another. The praises... Begun to confuse the enemy. And God begun to do something. That when they showed up to the battleground. Everybody was dead. Now. I'm getting ready to finish this y'all. The sacrifice of praise. Brings God's work of deliverance. Notice I say it's a sacrifice because you don't just automatically begin to worship and trust God. You must go through some things with him to know him. You know, God is not a pyramid scheme. You don't come to church, get saved, listen to two T.D. Jakes, two Mike Todds, a couple of John MacArthur's, two John Pipers, and boom, I got it. There are days when those preachers won't be able to preach you out of what God is going to put you through. And you'll realize that the words of men at their best attempt fail. That you're going to need his spirit himself. You ever get to a place where you didn't even want to hear a preacher? You just said God. It's like Hannah when she went before the Lord. She said, and her husband came to her. Her husband said, Hannah, am I not good enough? I don't want to hear nothing. And she prayed so much. The Bible says this woman prayed till, it's like when my father used to beat me in Guyana, not America. Because it's illegal up here. But in Guyana, there were certain beatings that was legal. You know when you got beat as a kid in the Caribbean? Come on, Caribbean people, make some noise. To the point where you cry like this. <sighs> and then they say, what's wrong with you? And then you got to talk while doing it. So you start talking like, hey, mommy. What the? What? and the mouth is moving but the words ain't coming because you can't even catch your breath because it's so deep in your spirit the bible says that's how that woman prayed to the point where her lips was moving and the words couldn't come out and the man of god come out and say she drunk she said man of god i ain't drunk there's something i want so bad there is no skipping the process in god For American Christians, we feel just because we came to church four Sundays in a row and we made a Tuesday night, God owe me. That ain't no sacrifice. If you really knew him, knew him, you wouldn't miss a service. If it was in your power, ooh, say, ouch, get mad at me. Yeah, big mad. If you knew him, you'd be in his presence american christians think we do god a favor because we put on our facebook status of scripture look i've repped him well oh you gotta go through some things with god that brings you to the place like this king the sacrifice of praise brings god's work of deliverance and listen we think that praise Here's the other thing because I got to bring balance and I'm done. I promise you. We think just because we come and we shout, that's it. But praising locks in with obedience. Praise is not a substitute for obedience. Some people come to church and shout and live different all week. We think because we this my song. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which winds came, winds blew. My house is built on you. You go in the car. What Charlamagne saying? Oh, this my song too. Netflix got on when you want God there's certain things you cut off because they bring another voice that ain't his and so people think because they came and they sang a nice Maverick City song praise is not a substitute for obedience they could have said God we don't really gotta go to the battle just let us stay back here and not sing you already said the battle is yours. But God says, no, be obedient, go. Go worship. Go worship and let them know who's going to win this battle. Go sing. Go worship. And as they go and listen to this, y'all. Praise is not the substitute for obedience. It is the result of obedience. When a man is obedient to God, praise comes. Because obedience brings victory and victory brings a shout. So there's two type of people in here. Some that are shouting for victory, and some that are shouting from victory. I don't know which one you are, but I know which one I am. Once he went on the cross, and he said the words like Brother Ian said this morning, it is finished. When depression comes up, I tell depression, you're a liar you've already been defeated when lack comes up and the enemy says look you ain't gonna be able to take care of your family or whenever people get together and talk about me or it looks like i won't be able to accomplish the things he's put in my head i tell every devil and demon let every devil be a liar but let god's word be true he made me the head and not the tail hallelujah let me tell you something What looks like devastation became elevation for them. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You know the crazy thing about a doorway, and I preach this so many times. Doors be lying, y'all. These doors be lying. Like, I'm going to mess with y'all right now, right? Look, look. It say what? What it say on that door over there? Exit. You sure it's not an entrance? It's an exit. No, it's an entrance. Depends on your perspective. Maybe to us in here, it's an exit because we won't leave the building. But then there might be one bug dude like me that says, "Nah, it ain't an exit, it's an entrance to the lobby. But then if there's a dude in the lobby and the kids in the nursery comes in, they like, nah, this same door is an entrance. And sometimes you walk past the exit sign and on the other side might say entrance. And let me tell you, that's what God does what looks like devastation it looks like this is calamity it looks like tragedy ahead of me oh who am I talking to oh gosh hallelujah thank you God for 2022 thank you for 2021 thank you God oh what looked like a pandemic for some people was God's way of bringing you through so much that it looked like it was going to devastate you. What looked like a tough year. God has kept you this far. And some of you might be facing something right now. That looks like devastation. I promise you that when you go through the door. You're going to look back up at the sign and see elevation. Yeah. The Bible says that when they showed up to that battle. That they begun to see the spoils of the enemy. And what the enemy was coming to do? The enemy was coming to spoil them, but instead, God gave them the spoils of the enemy, and they began. The God said, "Pick up everything," and so they just <laughs> they went to the battle just to protect themselves. Now they're coming back wealthy. <laughs> Please. And I know we got people in here that just want me to preach suffering. And I can preach suffering. But let me tell you, the same God that sometimes allows suffering allows his people to prosper. You ain't always going to be down at the bottom with God. There's going to be times the Lord will step in and fight your battle. The Lord will silence the people's voice. Oh, who am I talking to? The Lord will tell every devil that has come up against you, enough. The Lord will fight your battle physically. The Lord will fight your battles mentally that you're going through. He's able to turn those things around. And not only that, he blesses you on top of it. That you can walk out a blessed person. How do the believers fight we fight when we go to God in our prayer and our praise what am I trying to tell you it seems crazy it seems like something we ought to only do once a year with a big turkey in the middle of the table but if you are in the kingdom and you've already been to war This is a constant weapon that you use. This is something that is normal to you. The normalcy of praise in my life. The normalcy of speaking different when things come up against me. And you can only do that when you know him. Do you know that this same king, when you read the rest of the chapter... This same king went back home and instead of pulling down all of the altars and groves that they built to foreign gods, he left them. And then he made an alliance with another king to build boats. And that king was evil and it displeased God. This same king by the next chapter was done. Don't just start it strong. Oh, you were were loving God at your teenagers. You were worshiping him in your 20s. You gave him your all in your 30s. You think in your 40s now it's you time? Endure to the end, brothers and sisters.